Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. TMS is brought to you daily by the support of our patrons at patreon.com slash TMS, like John Rollins, John Baker, and Bat Dan. Coming up on TMS, 14 points of reticulation. We are all chairs. What would Dave Thomas do? Eating off the spotless giraffe. That is not what he would do. Psychosomatic skipping. Where did this adult come from? An old soul, as evidenced by his receding hairline. Bad kerning and letting sensitivity. Hoof to horn. Hannah, Hannah, Bobana, Hannah. <laughs> Looking for logic. This is not the place. My Vulcan guns are deceptive. Baby aspirin memories. Done with pumpkin spice overload. Schrodinger's straw man is morally injured with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Let me know when you're ready and we'll make an even exchange. That way you'll try on everything that you wanted to try today. You know, you look like you could use a friend. She's only your girl because she ain't had a taste of the Duke yet. This is the Morning Stream. Hello, everyone, and welcome to TMS. It's the Morning Stream for Thursday, October 12th, 2023, with Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbitt. Hi, Brian. Yes. Oh, look at that. So official. Confirmed. So official. Yeah, right. We got a little signed document yeah. saying we are who we are. <laughs> That's right. We have our we have our cards. We have yep. to show our cards. That's uh, right. To get into the uh, the, the lounge, the uh, uh, TMS lounge, yeah. Mark Pence lounge. One, Sorry, folks. one does Sorry. not just become a, a legendary Hall of Fame podcaster and not know the rules of the day. You know. That's right. Exactly. We're trying to behave the way they told us to there at the rules place. Uh, hey, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about today, and uh, Wendy will be here um, when she comes. So here's a little preview. When she comes on today, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about something called moral injury. Hmm. And I don't know what it is, and I'm glad I don't because I love a little oh. surprise, right? So cool. Yeah. A topic today that'll that'll probably be interesting. One would hope. Yeah, well, I mean, you you go to the dentist quite often, right, to have them fix a molar injury. <laughs> yeah, yes, that oh, one. Moral. Yeah, oh, my, moral. My, oh, moral. Yeah, not yeah. my mo- molar injury that I always have. I do injury. have it a lot, oh. though. You're right. Yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so oh, that'll be Oh, I ate some bad brioche, yep. and it broke my molar. <laughs> my my flat, my Italian, not, not Italian flatbread broke my molar. Ah, uh, moral injury. <laughs> anyway, that'll be later, so watch for that. Um... We got some stuff to go through, and we may as well do it. Uh, things are yeah, a little weird. Well. We're here. It's here. We're here. It's here. Exactly. 
Um, the house is a little weird right now. We got extra yeah. people here. The, yeah. the funeral's tomorrow. It's all just a little bit weird. So uh, today's goal on today's show is I'm going to escape entirely into this business that we do every day, and uh, and pretend like upstairs doesn't exist because they're up there right now just talking about everything they got to do, and it's just a lot. Sure. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, I got a text I want to read. Yeah. This one reads, "Hey guys." Uh, I actually know a married couple where if she had taken her husband's name, she'd be called Hannah Hannah. Uh, his name is David Hannah and his wife is Hannah Matthews. She chose to keep her last name because, uh, or but it is pretty funny. These things do happen. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the f- two first That's names great. of Dylan's yeah. sister-in-law or sister and brother-in-law and all that well, stuff. Well, and also the, the if they had the flip, right? It's too bad his name is David Hannah, not Matthew Hannah. Because right. wouldn't that be great? It was Matthew Hannah and <laughs> Hannah Matthews. That'd be even better, right? Or Hannah yeah. Barbera and Barbera Hannah. That'd even be better. And then you'd be the, <laughs> okay. the Hannah yes. Barberas or the Barbera Barbera. I don't know how it would work. Right, but anyway, uh, thank you for that. Yeah, a bunch awesome. of you sent in stuff saying, "I've got an aunt whose last name is the same as or whatever." You know, so this stuff mm-hmm. it, it happens. Mm-hmm. People find each it other. Does happen. Yeah, it seems crazy and rare, and maybe it is, but uh, it happens. So thank you for letting us know. <laughs> All right, yesterday I had a whole sidetrack thought thing going about what was it even about yesterday. What was the thing that I? Oh. Um, Oh shit! What was it? It was me talking about oh what ifs. Like, uh, do you remember what oh, it was? The, yeah, we were talking about twins, and, uh, and oh if two yeah, twins marry, and then they they have children. Aren't those children <laughs> biologically brothers or sisters? Yeah, they're biologically they're they're f- physiologically brothers, but <laughs> legally cousins. Right? That was the whole thing. Right. Yes. And we decided yeah. to take that in different directions. Well, I had another weird thought last night. Oh, good. Excellent. Kim's got a candle. It has the word scent in it. Sure. S-C-E-N-T. Yeah. And I went, wait a minute, as I'm looking at it. And again, I don't do drugs. I'm not drinking. I just noticed this. (laughs) Uh, Scent has a silent, some would say, C in it. Yes. Or even redundant C, because the C and the S could make the same sound. But then I started to ask myself, wait a minute, which one is the silent letter? Because there are two other words. Sent with an S, S E N T, meaning I sent your package. Mm-hmm. That is a S or sent. And then I don't have a sent to my name with a C. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same sounding word. The C is, is dominant there, right? Yeah. yeah. So in the word sent, like the smell, is sure. it the S that's silent or is it the C that's silent? Or is it the C, yeah. This is what I couldn't stop thinking about last night. <laughs> so, um, if- <laughs> I mean, my first thought, here's the deal. It, it could be, it literally could be either. I mean, you look at the word science and it's sim- a similar kind of thing, right? You've got the silent, uh, one of the two first letters is make, is not making a sound mm. um, because you would you could easily say the same word if it was missing either of those letters. That's true. But they but, don't have good. They don't have good examples of this. There's not a science and a science that are each spelled with just an S and just a C. Yeah, and that's the um, part that threw me. I think. Really, it shouldn't. It did. <laughs> it did. It threw me because I don't. I mean, English is whatever it is. There's a lot of weird stuff in English. We have two, 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 and two. Right? They're yep, all different right, words. Right. They all mean something there, else. There, there. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So we have a lot of examples of this. Yes. But but this is one where the you've got examples of that word being used 
without either of the two front letters mm-hmm. that's pronounced the same way as it's pronounced with the two first letters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, you can't assume, well, you know, that S is first, so that's obviously the one you're hearing. Well, no, what about pterodactyl? Because that one's got a silent P before you even get to the T sound, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the S that you're hearing. It could be the C. Yeah, great example, actually. Someone in the yeah. chat says, uh, wouldn't think the first letter is silent, says Michael Hansen. I mean, my my initial thought is usually that the first letter is never silent, but that's yeah. not true, as you just explained with pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Unless we're saying it wrong, we're not, right? It's yeah, we're, to, we're not saying it. It's not pronounced pterodactyl. It's not pterodactyl. So it's not pronounced pterodactyl. I, I just, <laughs> you know, I never know anymore. Someone's going to surprise me <laughs> uh, with that. So anyway, I'm just saying, if there are any linguists or uh, you know word mm-hmm. scholars mm-hmm. out there. I don't know if there's an origin story to why scent happened. Like, did they sit around going, well, look, Frank, we already have scent for the money. We got this scent mm-hmm. for I sent the thing. We got a problem here because what do we well, call the smell? Well, let's call it scent. But if we put the two letters in, that will differentiate it and therefore done. Like, maybe that was it. The, uh, according to Chris, the Oxford Dictionary says that the addition of the letter C in the 17th century is unexplained. Oh, well, so, so it was S-E-N-T for the for the description of something that smells, um, but they in the 17th century added a C to it, and it's unexplained. So, I, you know what this means? Well, yes, a what? a I'm not going to get an answer because it's unexplained. Wow, that odor was just sent to your nose. <laughs> Wait, sent. Yeah. <laughs> is that the me? Is that the whole original meaning? Is like the odor was sent across the so. room? No, I'm I'm guessing. I don't think so. I think it's just a. Hmm. That's fast. That's, that kind of stuff is fascinating to me. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. Don't know why. And sometimes it gets stuck in my head. This is a this is a me thing. You this think a me about problem. word origins, and I think it's a fast. It is a fascinating thing sometimes. Like, how did somebody come up with this word for that thing? Yeah. Where did they Where did they decide that I'm going to put these letters together? You know, if it's not taken from uh, Greek or Latin or something like that, how did this person just come up with this this collection of letters to indicate that thing? Yeah, and how come? How come? Like in this universe, mm-hmm. okay. Here's here's one for you. In our universe, a chair is a chair, right? <laughs> yes. But in another universe, a chair is a well cooked steak or something. Like we sure, do, because sure. because they yeah. just decided, hey, we're calling that a chair. And so when people right. say, hey, pull up a steak and rest, they're saying pull mm-hmm. up a chair. Interest because right, those two things right. are flipped. And if we are truly in an infinite universe, then there's somebody's got then then chair means literally everything in all of those different universes. When you collect all those different universes, I'm a chair, you're a chair, they're a chair. Wouldn't you like to be a chair too? <laughs> this is the chair, that's a chair. Yep. Yep. Wouldn't yep. you like? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that the song uh, also now has a new fresh origin story. <laughs> That's right, exactly. But I don't know, man. In a man. different universe, I'm a pepper. You're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Let's all be a pepper. And by the yeah. way, deviously addictive uh, substance known as Dr. Pepper Cherry Zero Sugar. Mm-hmm. I can't stop drinking these. I'm going to give myself mm. freaking kidney stones or something. I got to stop because <laughs> I love no, this. Very good. I had one yesterday as well myself. So, They're so uh, yeah. good. They shouldn't taste it is so really good. good. Yeah. The hell, Doctor Pepper. Anyway, so I guess the takeaway is, <laughs> but, Fanta, I sh- but Fanta Orange Zero tastes like baby aspirin. It's just that's just what? the fact of life. Yeah. Oh, I need to try that. Yeah. Because I have a very um, 
reactive. Probably a lot of people do because they grew up with those baby aspirins. Yeah, yeah those half orange, half white uh, baby aspirins. Yeah, yeah, with the top. Oh yeah, the t- they were split like they had a thing yeah. on one thing. Yeah. And I remember, I remember it so distinctly that no other, no other flavor was like it. So like you could have some Pepto, and it would remind you of wintergreen gum. Because it's wintergreen flavored, right? So I would just think chalk. Hmm, this is like if I ate chalk. Oh, it is what a little it chalky. Like. That's true. It is chalky. Yeah. But the point is, like flavor wise, today, grown ass mm-hmm. man, if you gave me something that that tasted like one of those it baby triggered aspirins, the memory of uh, Bayer chewable children's oh, aspirin. It's yeah. a it's a very specific rec- re- recollection. Yeah, and I haven't I haven't found it in uh, in stores. I was out uh, uh, driving for Lyft. I gotta say, I can't say lifting because that confuses people because of my my bulk and my uh, these guns. Yeah, uh, your massive out of my physique. Shoulders. These hams you yeah. got hanging yeah. out there, man. Yeah, I want Ooh. people to know that that's all natural. Those sure. that that muscle is all natural. That's yep. not from uh, weightlifting. <laughs> Um, but uh, wrapped up at about six thirty, and Tina was um, helping a um, a client of hers, a work uh, work thing. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna just gonna swing by and get something to eat. And I was thinking, oh, I could go over to Red Robin. Um, I wouldn't mind going over to the Apple Store in uh, Flatiron Crossing and getting a new case because this one it's starting to shred. This this uh, silicone red silicone case. If you oh, look it, at that! Like, yeah. Chunks taken off there. Chunks taken off the top there. Um, Monster Hunter just sitting here so that I can every once in a while kill, kill a flying Damn it. You're going to make me try that effing game, aren't you? You need to, and you need to use my code when you do it. Oh, I'll do it. Let's, um, where's your code? Put it in the Discord later or whatever. <laughs> it's it. in the Discord in the core uh, Monster Hunter Now topic. Okay. I'm going to find it. It is uh, the very first thing. Anyway, sorry. Continue your story. Uh, anyway, um, but I'm like, ah, do I want to go in the mall? Do I want to go get something like where I have to sit down and be served? It's already, it's almost seven o'clock. Do I just want to go home? And uh, um, so just decided to stop off at a Wendy's. So those of you on Be Real saw Dave Thomas as my as my Be Real subject. <laughs> okay. And Wait. his old-fashioned. They, his have old-fashioned a fo- they got a photo of him in the... The they thing? have a metal in the in the Broomfield uh, Wendy's. They have a metal cutout sign of uh, of of um, ooh fancy of him saying uh, quality is our number one recipe or whatever. Wow, of Dave Thomas. Yeah. Okay, yeah, for even from the grave, still a threat that guy. Right, yep. still a, still a threat. Yep. The funny thing is, it's a round sign. I would think <laughs> it should be a square sign. Like it, it, you know, it just would have been the best joke to have like the round, the round um, quality is our recipe, but on a square. Uh, the, the the sign shape should have been square. Definition anyway. of a lost opportunity. What the frick were they thinking? I agree yeah, with you. Anyway, so you're there. Uh, so the uh, the machine they had one of those Coke. Um, customize it yourself uh drink machines and uh so that's where i tried the fantasy and i'm like oh yeah this is not good and, and you know i i had some of that i had my fair share of uh of baby aspirin chewable baby aspirin as a kid as well yeah. so when i'm saying it tastes like that i'm not saying it in a good way i'm saying mm, oh this will remind you of those days when you were a child and you had a, a scrape or a bruise and it hurt and your mom gave you one of those mm-hmm. no it's uh it's uh Mm, orange you bitter <laughs> that's like that's how the that's how the drink goes ah oh, what a lovely orange day ah bitter <laughs> i wonder if it would come better out of a can and not maybe. the mixer thing i wonder sometimes that's yeah. true but not always you know maybe 
Well, if I uh, see one, I'm trying science. one because I want to remember yeah. my yeah, childhood, Brian. I'm doing it. Definitely try it. Um, also, I'm uh, here to say I tried one for science. Somebody in the uh, Discord or the Facebook uh, Tadpool group said, uh, you guys got to try the pumpkin spice frosty mm. at uh, Wendy's. Mm. Uh, didn't even get a quarter of that. Th- like I got the kid size, the, the the tiniest one you can get. I think it's the one that they give you if you have one of those Halloween coupons. It's mm. like a little. Uh, didn't even get a quarter of that down. It was wow. like, oh yeah, no, not a not a fan. Just no. too uh, what overwhelming pumpkin spice flavor or what's just the, uh, too much sugar or something. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think my complaint was that it was way too sweet. Mm. Um, yeah, it sounds like it would be. You know, yeah, that's like eating ice cream cake or something. I like their I like their chocolate. Why you know? Let's not mess with it. You yeah, get your why, yeah. Let's, why let's, change let's, it? Look at the circular yeah. photo of Dave Thomas and think to yourselves, what should we do? <laughs> what would Dave do? Yeah. Would Dave jump on this damn pumpkin spice bandwagon that you're all? Clutching your your hitching hitching your wagons too? No, he would not. No, and the first business would be change his freaking photo to be square. Second exactly. part of business is yes. stop making stop trying to make pumpkin spice a thing everywhere and everything. <laughs> it doesn't have to be everything. Yes, I don't need I don't need Fanta pumpkin spice or uh, pumpkin uh, spice Coca Cola. I think now, it should be called pumpkin. I'm into pumpkin spice. Yeah, yeah, let's get that going. Also, yeah. that that's the ugly Spice Girl that hung out in the backstage. You never saw her. Pumpkin Spice? Yeah, yeah. Pumpkin Spice. Nobody wanted to see her out, <laughs> out in the open. Uh, we, got, <laughs> we got another uh, comment from somebody here. Uh, they didn't leave their name. So, hey, by the way, this is a quick note. If you send us texts. Yeah, they did. They put it there at the very beginning. I oh, think. did they? Oh, Craig it's Davis. The first four words of the, yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, I also know who this is. That makes it even dumb, dumber. I know who Craig is. <laughs> I used to be, I was Craig's scout leader for a long time. Oh, really? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. this was back in the mid-90s, late 90s, okay. I guess. And uh, he is the coolest dude. And I just love Craig to death. And I feel Aww. stupid for forgetting that this was his message. But anyway, on the commercials and their placements. So we were talking about how um, uh, how com- how commercials get played. Or no, we were talking about how uh, you were you were talking about CDs and c- cassettes, specifically c- mm-hmm. cassettes where they got bunged up. You fixed oh, it. Yes. And then you would right. always remember that part of the song where, where vinyl, the bung was. Right. A vinyl recording onto a cassette where it would skip. Like yeah. where where when I was recording that that uh, album onto a cassette, it skipped, and now forever, uh, the the Oingo Boingo song "Nothing Bad Ever Happens to Me" will always have a skip uh, in the second verse. <laughs> yeah, you could be in a Target hearing that song, and you'll hear the mm-hmm. skip, or you'll remember that it's there. <laughs> I'll, 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 exactly. If I'm ever in a Target, they're playing "Nothing Bad Ever Happens to Me" by Oingo Boingo. I am fucking. <laughs> Pulling out, oh, excuse me. I am pulling out a uh, sleeping bag, and I am going to live in that Target because yeah. that's going to be the best Target ever. Best Target in town, baby. By the way, I didn't say the F word. I said pumpkin. Pumpkin. Is what I said there. Yeah, yes. pumpkin. Everybody, write that down. Pumpkin. Yes. Anyway, he says this is Craig Davis. <laughs> uh, love all. Love laughing at all the shows. He says. I wanted to make a quick comment on a recent episode you guys had uh, to see if it's worth discussing in a future episode. You and Brian were talking about cassettes or CDs. You had where you always knew where the music skipped and anticipated listening to it on the radio. I do the same thing with movies that I remember watching on cable and can anticipate all of the commercials during certain movies will happen. Uh, Or when we recorded the movies on VHS, I can always feel where the commercial should be. So this is, he's not saying like a show where it does, you know, fade, like a a Sopranos episode fades to black. No, but like a movie where they, they had to figure out a good spot to insert a commercial. He remembers all the spots where those commercials were. Yep. And I can tell you these kids, Craig and his group, these kids were, they were kids then. I think I met him when I was, he was 11 or 12. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they were the generation of the crossover of VHS and DVD. That that was them. So mm-hmm. as kids, they would sit and watch. I don't know VHS recorded versions of Condor Man or whatever, and they mm-hmm. would know exactly where those breaks would be because they're recorded on TV. It, you know, we didn't have proper DVRs then. You yeah. had yeah. commercials and you had to skip ahead or you had to pause. And if your dad was smart, you'd get up and pause it and wait and then unpause it and keep recording. <laughs> this is the way we did That's things. That's a lot of work, though, is the problem. That's way, yeah. way too much work. Yeah. They were such good kids, though. We used to, we'd pull an N64 out and it's all we needed for, for the rest of our lives. So we'd just play That's that good. thing. They'd all come to the house. Kim would make them all food. I was actually kind of a terrible scout leader because we were supposed to be like merit badging and all that kind of crap. <laughs> But uh-huh. instead, it was like, nah, come on over. We'll play Mario Kart. Uh, Kim's making pizza, homemade. Um, there's other stuff to do. The Genesis still works. You know, whatever. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, Craig and those guys were just, they were great. Anyway, cool. Craig, thanks for writing in. And I hope you're doing good. And I uh, hope your kids are well and all that. He's a very, he's a grown-up dude with, with children <laughs> and a life. <laughs> And it's weird to me, but whatever. That's who that they is are. really weird. Yeah, watching somebody grow up like that—that seems—seems uh, crazy. That Chris Brown has a couple of kids just like that, where it's like, oh my god, you guys are adults now, and mm-hmm. you're like, you know, drinking, and we're having beers together. It seems so weird because I remember babysitting you and you knocking a root beer over because you were so excited about playing Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, right. Like that's so—it's yeah. weird, and it's other people's kids because. With your own, you're there the whole time you for see the it. process. You see it the whole time. Yeah, it's so it feels so slow. You it, you don't notice the changes, but then with everybody else, it's like, oh gosh, wow, yeah. where where this adult come from all of a sudden? Yeah, we should figure this out though, Craig. If you're listening, we gotta get you, Devin, uh, Jared. Oh gosh, Chad. I'm trying to remember <laughs> Those all these are the kids. most '90s. Oh, big time, big, big time. Scout troop names ever. All oh my of, god, was 100. Was there you're a right. Tanner? Was there, there a, was uh, there was no Tanner. There was okay, a um, right. oh what was his name? <laughs> what was his Is there name? There a Dakota. Let's uh, let's really go out on a limb here. I can't remember the one that was actually like he was bald in high school. Um, <laughs> that's all I remember. I can't remember his name. I he was a great kid. Oh, Neil was his name. So we had a Neil. Neil okay, uh, Neil's an older name. That one. Uh, yeah, he was an old soul anyway in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we should all get together and do it up, man. Fire up all the consoles. <laughs> Get some get some pizza again. Like I would love to do that. Hang yeah. out with those guys. Yeah. Leave your wives and your kids at home. It's like the old days. All right, mm-hmm. they're all in their thirties. Come over for some for Super Smash Brothers. You're gonna come on over. I get to be Jigglypuff. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, I got to be Kirby because Kirby is OP. Nice. He's nice. always been OP. Hey, um, I'm gonna throw something in our Discord. Um, so we were talking about uh, the way we could make an official. You know, film sack t shirt, mm-hmm. uh, or not an official one. I mean, this would be one of the ones we could do is yeah. this uh, shit gratifter logo. Holy shit. Using the Street Fighter um, Chat font room. and colors. Chat room, you need to see this. Hold on. This is too good. <laughs> We're doing this. Look at this. <laughs> that was produced, contributed by Stephanie Inipitz. Uh, I have to say her name like that because it's Stephanie and then Stephanie backwards. Stephanie Annie. But this makes up for all the um, years of hating apps. Stephanie. That's right. Exactly. I want this shirt so bad. She she had this done before the end of TMS yesterday. Uh, 
uh, she had this thing completely finished. This is so great. like we started talking about it. I think with Randy, maybe. Yeah, it was Randy. Yeah, we were t- of course we were talking about the movies, bad video game movies, and uh, by the end of the by the end of the episode yesterday, she had this done and sent it over to me. Oh my gosh, dude! Why aren't we doing this? We are doing this. <laughs> is that awesome? You know what? If we're gonna do this, Stephanie, I need. Uh, can you send me like vector or something, and I can, uh, you know. She can, yeah. I asked her. She she didn't procreate, but she can send it to you in uh, in vector. Oh, awesome! Oh, did you hand do this font? Is that what she did? No, I don't think she. I don't think she did. I think she took the Street Fighter logo and rearranged things because the F, the F is the only thing I. I mean, I won't say I have a problem with it, but the F is at a different angle than the the um, vertical bars of the E. So it's yeah. But I, you know what? I think I'm being I'm being pedantic. I'm being, you know, well, you're I'm overanalyzing. You're a guy who likes things to look right, you know. You know, you know what? You and I are the same. When bad kerning happens, or like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. letting, this is all. Uh, these are all uh, typological terms, everybody. When we see that, our we are immediately put off. And it's not everybody. It's yes. people who yeah, went no. to those classes, yeah. who do graphic design, who know this stuff in our souls. We see bad mm-hmm. versions of it, and we go. Ugh. Why is that? Yeah. Why? Why? Who? Who was in charge? Dumbasses. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I know. No, and kerning, kerning. I think font. You know, font use is one thing, but kerning is is the that is where that I see that and it triggers me. Oh yeah, I saw the side of a Smucker's van, Smucker's Foods. Like driving uh, this morning, went out and got coffee, and yeah. I saw the side of the Smucker's van, yeah. and it had two pieces of toast. Yeah. One laying on the other one okay. the bottom one had jelly and the top one had peanut butter but they were both face up with their their spreads and the it bothered the crap out of me yeah. i wonder if i can find the artwork smuckers <laughs> uh yeah that see yeah find it because i that annoys I'm find it because it just annoyed too. it bothers me that you've got the smuckers uh that you've you've got the jelly, and then you're basically resting the clean side of the peanut butter bread on top of the jelly side of the of the one underneath it. I I can't see that. I don't want to see. I that. don't want to see that. No, I don't want anything yeah. to do with what you just described. Yeah. Except I do like jelly. Well, I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't like jelly? Then no one is the answer. Let's uh, let's get into some news this morning. Everybody's been pins and needles on all the late breaking information out there. Oh gosh, I know. Yes, they've yeah. been waiting to hear all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's really important that we that we do our journalistic duty here. It's the news, and it's brought to you by. It's brought to you by. Should I stop looking for pictures of uh, uh, bread and jelly and uh, <laughs> peanut butter? Okay, I'll stop now. Uh, yeah, today on Coverville, two big birthdays to celebrate. Two big new wave pioneers, at least in this house. Uh, I was huge fans, uh, a huge fan of the bands um, Ultravox, and then of course Thomas Dolby. He's not a band; he's a person. Um, mm. Both of whom are having birthdays, I believe, today or this week. Mid-year is turning 70 and Thomas Dolby is turning 65. Uh, of course, you're going to hear things like Vienna and The Voice and Dancing with Tears in My Eyes by uh, Ultravox, covered by other people. You hear some covers by Mid-year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for the uh, Thomas Dolby side, yeah, of course, uh, um, Europa and the Pirate Twins, She Blinded Me With Science. But there's going to be one song that uh, probably will blow a lot of people's minds. Another song that they didn't realize was a cover. The the version that you'll hear was released a few months before the version that everybody knows. Mm. 
and it features a young Thomas Dolby on keyboards. Oh, wow. Yeah. Going, uh, I'll so, one day be popular with the people. Exactly. Saying, I'm going to, this is going to be, I'm going to be a big new wave dude. Mm-hmm. I will be influential and they will name That's stereo right, exactly. things after me. Oh, wait, wrong Dolby. Different Dolby. Wrong Dolby, yeah. He was a little late for that. But, uh, yeah. and here's a little hint as to what that song, it was the first of something. That song was the first of something and it featured Thomas Dolby on keyboards and it was uh, a lot of people don't realize that it's the original version the version that we all know is a cover find out what it is come to twitch.tv slash coverville at 1pm mountain time at uh, twitch.tv slash coverville back to back to normal time this week but um, I did kind of like the 12pm experiment that I did last week and uh, um, and and uh, I might I don't know might I might do switch it. to that might we'll switch see. yeah sometimes yeah. moving times around is a good thing yeah, it does open things up for me for the afternoon. So. <laughs> do you remember when we used to do this show at like seven? We started. We started. It was very early. Maybe it was. What eight. Is, we did it at seven our time. We did not. Maybe it was eight. It might eight, have been we, eight. Yeah, I think we did eight. Was our we did eight? We did eight, and I think at one point we did ten a.m. Oh, did we? Well, I don't remember that. <laughs> did we never go that way? We, we might have. I don't remember. Might have totally. That first yeah. year is a blur to me. Yeah. I remember nothing. I remember nothing. <laughs> Can't remember talk. nothing. Uh, uh, yeah. Lab Magic, you're saying do it. You like the 12, you like the noon, the 12 p.m. Uh, deal? Well, you know, if Lab you do, you know, I might, I, I have no problem doing it. I actually mm. kind of like it. Hmm. Tell you what, Wabbit Magic, you send me that hot new uh, Mac Studio you bought, and you got a deal. <laughs> Brian will do a show oh, did he, when you want it. Did he, did he get a Mac Studio? He did. <gasps> I want one real bad, but I. <sighs> can't pull the trigger yet but i want to all right all right twitch.tv slash uh, coverville 12 p.m noon i'm gonna do it I have an executive decision i'm gonna holy crap so wabbit magic you, you watched at, it you watched it happen right here look at the power wabbit magic has over you amazing right, look at that it's like you know I, all i needed was all i needed was like a little bit of a nudge no what's great about that is it gives me extra time to prepare for uh guess the connection tomorrow morning oh so yeah, that's a good idea there you go i'm i'm pro making things work the best they can work so that's good uh, <laughs> let's get to this story here about a yeah. rare spotless giraffe. Yesterday it was a giraffe poop mm. necklace. Today yeah. it's just a the weird cleanest thing. Giraffe is just spotless. This spotless. Thing, you could eat off of this giraffe. It's spotless. Hundred percent. You could roll that thing over, yeah. uh, invite everyone over for tea. That's how spotless this guy is. <laughs> uh, he was born in a Tennessee zoo. It is a female reticulated giraffe. I don't know okay. what that means. Reticulated. Is that just a kind of giraffe? It's a kind of giraffe, yeah. It's okay. the, I think it's the the most common kind of giraffe you see is reticulated because I we have reticulated giraffes at uh, the Denver Zoo, and I never ever knew what that. I still don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't honestly. either. It's a weird. It's it's the you. It's the kind of word you would use to say. That's right. He's a strangled. It's, a, it's a weird. It's not. It's a medical. It's a term. giraffe with. Uh, he's got fourteen points of reticulation. <laughs> you can put him in any position you need him to be. Yeah, whatever you want. Uh, he's, he's flexible better. neck. Is that really what it is, uh, Genie? That would. So are, are there, so are there giraffes that uh, have zero points of articulation in their neck? Yeah, because that's the that's that's what this implies. Yeah. If there's a reticulated one, there must be a non-reticulated one. Wow. We're learning new things today. Yeah, no kidding. I love Some, it. Somebody love call, uh, uh, what's his name? Here we see the female. What's his name? Uh, Attenborough. David Attenborough, everybody. Get him on the phone. Let's get this figured out. 
All right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, bring, in, bring in other nature experts. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Anyway, a female reticulated <laughs> giraffe, which we have learned is all about its big, long, movable neck, yeah. was born at Bright's Zoo in northeastern Tennessee late last month. But unlike her mother, she was born without any spots, which is a big-time rarity. There's a photo of no this. No kidding. Uh, let me pull this photo up here. I want to see the photo. It is weird. It looks photoshopped. Um, like somebody went and oh, took the spot. Oh, yeah, out. no kidding. It's just, it's really a gazelle with a really long neck. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Like that is kind of exactly it. Like I got a slightly. <laughs> An antelope, a poorly designed antelope is what that is. Yeah. This is a real, I mean, I don't know if it's getting any shit from other reticulated, <laughs> you know, siblings. All of the other there. giraffes used to laugh and call it names is yeah. what we're saying here. Yeah. Also, is it, what is that bright? Is it peeing? What is that going on down there? What is that I'm seeing? Oh, I th- yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Is that maybe it's yeah. part of his uh, umbilical still? I think that's that could be just a, a blade of grass on the uh, on the fence, the chain link fence that the the light is hitting just right. Just poorly poorly positioned. Poorly positioned. All right. Exactly. All right. I don't want to you know I don't want to besmirch this already strange animal, but he's got, a, <laughs> he's got a little weed going on down there. Anyway, uh, he's standing currently at 14 to 15 feet tall. Uh, giraffes are the tallest mammals in the world, by the way. When mothers give birth, the calves are already six feet tall. Jeez. Um, and other than a especially rare occasions, they're born covered from hoof to horn in brown spots. Uh, but they mention this dude is not. Uh, giraffe experts believe he's the only solid-colored reticulated giraffe living anywhere on the planet. Brian, that's a wow. That is a bold statement. That is no kidding. That means I could go to Africa and never see one of these. You know, yeah. That's uh, but yet it's the one that you, uh, it's the one that you um, see at every every zoo. Yeah, you see the you see the spotted shit. The spotted ones at every zoo. Yeah, yeah but the, this one, this is it. The only one on Earth. It's the that's... only one you cannot go to Africa and see a non-spotted one. I'm I'm getting clarification here. By the way, spots. Mm. Um, uh, are the reticulated, not the neck. Uh, TV's Travis says uh, reticulated means network and has to do with the spots, not the neck. Okay, so so he's not reticulated at all then, right? So they keep oh, saying yeah, right. hey, he's fe- deticulated. Yeah, and they keep saying a female reticulated <laughs> giraffe was born. but He's, he's unticulated. <laughs> yeah, someone forgot to tick-ulated. Um, David Bright of the, of the staff uh says this hasn't happened since the 70s in Japan. Hmm. Um, let's see. Stark contrast with their spots, blah, blah, blah. The zoo is asking for people to help name the newborn. Let's do that. What do we want to name it? Spot. All right. Just spot. Let's be ironic. Yeah. yeah spot. spot. Uh, or yeah. R- Rich, Richard Ticulated or something like that. Or uh, um, <laughs> what's that stuff uh, you apply to the forehead? Apply to the forehead. Apply to the forehead. It gets rid of spots. What's oh, that? Uh, that, uh, so what's that called? <laughs> spot away? No, it's something away. Uh, ah, shit. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is that clears out spots. I can't think of it. Or cascade gets rid of spots. Oh yeah, uh, cascade. Cascade. I like it. Cascade. Yeah. Cascade the reticulate. The head non- on. That's it. Head on. Head yeah, on. Okay. Maybe not head on. But, uh, uh, gooby gone. Nope, that doesn't work. I don't know, but I like him, and I want or her. It's oh, a her. Yeah, I keep saying him. What's the uh, what's the acne treatment stuff? Uh, the not clear. I mean, Clearasil is one of them. What's the one that that Acu- uh, like Accutane? even Justin Timberlake was? Uh, what is it? Accutane, right? Accutane is that it? Isn't that it? Uh, 
Am I thinking yeah. of something else? I think maybe. it's Accutane. Uh, that, 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 that sounds familiar. Mm. That's maybe not the one I was thinking of, but because uh, you got so your mainstream stuff is you got your Clearasil, yeah. you got your Oxy, but there was one that would you could you couldn't get over the counter. You had to get via commercials during prices right or something proactive proactive maybe uh yeah no it's not oxy oxy clean is not a zit remover (laughs) no but that's a good name for the uh, spotless uh, giraffe (laughs) yeah so that was that was called proactive the stuff that uh so it is proactive uh, i swear that was accutane but what do i know my daughter was on accutane for a while Hmm. in high school i think Mm -hmm. it's maybe the same thing i don't know probably Uh, like a like a um Let's see. Accutane is a form of vitamin A. Oh, is the the kind? You, really, it's, it's not uh, like a medicine. Accutane is used to treat severe nodular acne that has not responded to other treatments, including antibiotics. Yeah, and Accutane dries you out. She was. Does it? Oh, so yeah. we had to apply like so much lotion to that kid mm. during that time. It wasn't fun, but it worked. <laughs> she just had this brief yeah. bout. My daughter, man, my oldest daughter, she had all the things. She had a weird kidney thing. <laughs> when she was a right. kid, she had yeah. a total weird kidney thing. Had to have surgery for that. Um, and then she got a little older, had those seizures that we never uh, right. got much yeah. of an answer for. And those just went away on their own after puberty. Then she got this period of like severe acne and then gone. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know what the deal was with her. And she's fine now. I mean, you know, we took her and had her looked at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she's allergic to uh, cinnamon oil of any kind. So if you gave her cinnamon bears or had a bath with cinnamon uh, smell, smelling yeah. bath stuff, just blow up like a balloon. Just but horrible. Only the oil? Like, can you? Can she have like regular cinnamon dust yeah. on toast or something? Yeah, like okay. a dusty cinnamon. Oil, no problem. Yeah, just, just the oil. Interesting. Isn't that wow. weird. Weird. Right? That is weird. Yeah. Never could figure Your that. Daughter's one. weird. She is so weird. She's and now so she got these perfectly healthy little kids of her own. Like, what's even going on? Are you even going to have? Where's the Accutane uh, now? Yeah. How come the weird isn't transferring your kids? Yeah, Jeez. what's up? What's tell us what is up? All right, here's a story. Uh, archaeologists believe they discovered the tomb of Santa Claus. Sorry, kids. <laughs> the tomb of Santa Claus. All right. Yeah, good. this is pretty cool. Uh, it says no must- chimney. Oddly enough, <laughs> no. <laughs> They might have been uh, able to get out. If, uh... Exactly right. Archaeologists in Turkey found, uh, say they found his grave buried beneath St. Nicholas's Church in the town of Dre- Dermi? Derm- Demre? 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 Yeah. I'm not sure I'd say it. Uh, for centuries, the location of the grave of St. Nicholas of Mira, the inspiration for the modern-day Santa Claus, has been contested. Historical uh, records have claimed that he was buried at the church that bears his name, but the extensive searches of the grounds revealed nothing of substance. Not even a red hat with a white fluffy ball on the end. <laughs> that's right. Where's the Coca-Cola bottle? This oh, must be it. The bears ate him. That's what happened. Yeah, that's right. The polar bears. Uh, meanwhile, they believe, or many believe, that his remains have been smuggled out by the church by Italian merchants. Out of the church. Oh, out of the church by Italian out merchants. Out of the church by Italian merchants. I was like, yeah. boy, there's a lot of middlemen there. During medieval times, after all, there was an empty grave in the building that had clearly been looted, but uh, and the body of the man thought to be St. Nicholas was laid to rest in Italy during the Crusades. However, the head of Antonia's monument authority, Samil Karabaram, Bayram. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's close. Yeah. That's got to be pretty darn close. Uh, yeah. It's as close as this car is going to park there. There. <laughs> 
uh, told the local news that he and his team found a shrine beneath the floors of St. Nicholas Church, previously unseen due to the tiled floor's intricate mosaic. Just a giant 10 on it that Indiana Jones saw that one time. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yes. um, there's a great meme floating around, by the way. A video of that. Oh, how did they? They were making fun of X and Twitter, the renaming oh, of Twitter. Oh, really? Okay. Because it's a giant tax, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember how it went. That's funny. X marks the spot. Yeah. P- people <laughs> should seek that out. It's funny. Anyway, um, where is it? Uh, the, uh, the, uh, through the discovery, uh, has yet, or though it has yet to be proven via excavation, Kabahabarabim is determined to follow through oh. with the next step. I messed it up that second time real bad. <laughs> you did. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, they say it'll be a long, tedious, and complicated process, but they may have found the original wow. carcass remains. Yeah, the remains of Santa. Of Santa. Wow. Oh, wow. it's adorable. Okay, kids, <laughs> you can come back in the room. That's right. Yes, yeah, so we were, we were we were just kidding, kids. Santa's uh, real, and he's making toys for you at the North Pole right now. He's making a steam deck for some reason. Yeah, that is one of life's great parental lies that is mm-hmm. encouraged. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We don't have too many like that. I don't No, think. and we stick to our guns with it. And I think, you know, when you get to a certain age, you you can just tell your kids when they go, Well, why'd you tell me it was you know, why did you tell me it was real and you knew it was it was wrong? No, it's the spirit. The spirit of Santa Claus mm-hmm. is in all of us. And that's <laughs> and that's really what the what the <laughs> what the dude with the red hat is. He's the spirit of him. I'm picturing you telling this to a young eight year old Tristan. His, yeah. his his hopes and his his visions of life have been dashed against the rocks finding completely, out Santa's completely not real. destroyed yep exactly. and you're like no son it's the spirit of the holiday That's exactly season. right I'm sure I, I'm sure I did at some point yeah I don't know how old he was when he when he did figure it out but yeah that's uh that's that's because that's actually you know, that's that's what I believe that is uh mm. that the, the the real Santa Claus is in all of us oh, oh, wait a minute wait what <laughs> My daughter, same daughter with all the weird issues when she was little, when she was seven, she got convinced by some cousin or something that Santa wasn't real. Mm. And she came to me going, Dad, Santa isn't real, is he? I said, well, I don't know. If you're saying that, I don't know if that means you're going to get anything. This year. Like, I went, <laughs> I, I You went full in. threat. Oh, like, big time. Believe him or you get nothing. Yeah. Big time. And it's the kind of thing I look back on it now and I go, in any other circumstance, I would never do this to her. <laughs> any other context, any other yeah. thing, it doesn't matter what, I would never do that to her. But because it was Santa Claus and because we yeah. have this societal agreement that we're to keep up the ruse... And it makes kids happy, right? There's a positivity yeah. to the lie that I was yeah. like, no, I'm going all in. And I went as far as uh, <laughs> calling on the phone Santa Claus. Oh, no, really? Handing like- the phone to my wife and saying, here, honey, you talk to Santa Claus. I don't have the heart to tell him that this little girl doesn't believe him anymore. And I went in the other room on the same phone, picked up the line, and then said, hand me to Taylor. She hands the phone to Taylor. Uh-huh. And she's like, hello? And I go, Oh, 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 this is, I hear you don't think I'm real or something. Like a whole, I went through a whole thing. Really? And oh, it really, yeah. I felt kind of bad because she got really upset. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Santa. I didn't know. I was just a, my cousin. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I look back on it now. I kind of feel bad Yeah. yeah. about it. But it's like, it's like, oh, no, she's almost discovering the truth. Quick, let's make it a bigger <laughs> lie. <laughs> 
I mean, there's a lesson in that somewhere. I don't know what it is. Somewhere, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told, like, we never actually sat Tristan down and told him that Santa didn't exist. He just kind of figured it out for himself and, and uh, you know, asked why, you know, why we do that, I think. Why, why do parents do that? And, uh, and that's yeah. what we told them. It's a weird question. Whole spirit of, yeah. Yeah, you did the, I think you did the right thing. I, I dressed up yeah. as, I was Santa for most of our family things. That was another problem because mm-hmm. the kids are always yeah. like, I think I know who that is. But yeah, sure. exactly. Interesting. He he's about the same height, and uh, and and he's never around when Dad's around. Like Dad always disappears right before Santa shows up. <laughs> yeah, I should send this article to them in the family text group today and just say, you know, we've come full circle, everybody. They found his remains. <laughs> See, he is real, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, all right, here's another story. Oh, this is great. Um, police rushed to a, a report of a ritual mass killing. Seems like something, something you'd want the police to rush to, right? Oh, gosh, yes, exactly. Quick, Turn, get here. Yeah, turns out it's just a big yoga class. <laughs> oh, so we're just killing our chakras. Yeah. Sorry, it's a... Uh, Maybe it was tantric doing. or something, I don't know. It's a mass chakra side. <laughs> According to a Facebook post by the Seascape Cafe of the Observatory. What the hell is that? A cafe that is also a community space, art gallery, and exercise studio. It's literally called Sea Space Cafe. Or no, Seascape Cafe, cafe at the Observatory. Anyway, police, they rushed there uh, because uh, shortly after a yoga class had wrapped Wednesday around 9.30 p.m. because a concerned passerby mistook the final resting position the entire class was participating in for a mass killing. <laughs> so it's just all right. We're all gonna just lay on the floor silently for uh, for a few minutes. Uh, the final yoga pose. Yeah, uh, yeah. And they call it corpse pose. I think. Oh, it says here. Okay. Yeah, it even says right here. I just saw it. It's called the final pose. resting pose, also known as corpse pose, uh, or savasana. 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 Indian thing. Uh, typically occurs at the end of a yoga class, which people lie on their backs uh, with their eyes closed in order to sink into a meditative state. I actually done this hmm. when I was trying yoga. I could never concentrate, though. I could never do it. Um, yeah, I was way too like I could not focus either because I was too busy trying to balance my big ass body on whatever two points of of <laughs> body parts were able to touch the floor while the other ones uh, had to be had to be up or turned or twisted or whatever. You were a reticulated ibit is what you were. I was exactly. Yeah. No, there was all the they weren't spots. Those were the bruises of me falling over onto mm. the other onto the other uh, yogites. <laughs> yogites. Yeah, I like yogites. that word. The thing is, yeah. like, I think it's a beneficial you know obviously oh, sure. there's so many sure. reasons to to do yoga but i just really struggled with all of it mm-hmm. maybe it's just wasn't the right time for me maybe i'll try it again but maybe you've got it on i mean if you've got uh apple the apple one subscription the uh, fitness thing has guided yoga you can just do right in front of your big 4k tv yeah but how happy are the people in those videos are they like free you know happy? they're less they're less sugar like saccharine happy than the cycling people okay. like they're a lot more calm the the cycling people god who's the one i just uh, watched a couple days ago tina was cycling with me and we were laughing our heads off because she's like all right we're going on a cycling road trip we're gonna go up to the mountains and those are gonna be our our four uh <laughs> intervals and those are gonna be your all out intervals i want you to just go for it what's the best thing about a road trip it's playing games with your friends Dude, that makes me want to die Everything it really does. Did. Yeah, I don't want so, to do it. 
So I just uh, I listen for her to tell me uh, tempo changes and speed changes and uh, increasing tension on the the wheel, and I just have uh, my pad in front of me and I'm probably playing Slay the Spire or uh, <laughs> Marvel Snap or something in front of it. Oh, because of you, I already owned it and I forgot I had it on the iPad. I also have it on yeah. PC, but I I yeah. reopened um, Slay the Spire Slay again the Spire. last night. Yeah. And that game, that it's so good. so good. Yeah. I got. I lost hours last night to that. Just yes, it's so easy to do, and it's like, ooh, do I do I put up a block or do I attack with this one because mm-hmm. I can get an extra thing if I discard a card? But mm-hmm. that makes me a little more vulnerable. And yeah, do I want this new character that looks like the kid in detention? Stoner scrawled it on his desk. Mm. <laughs> they all look like that. Yeah, it's, it's a, that whole game yeah, is stoner art. Like, I could write my own heavy metal cover or heavy metal album cover. Yeah. It's going to be this guy right here. It's all stuff that John Bender would have scratched into his desk during uh, <laughs> Breakfast Club. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, this wasn't a mass killing. It was people in corpse pose. Oh, yeah. A guy probably feel like, feels like an idiot. Um, they had to say on the post, we are not part of any mad cult or crazy club. <laughs> Just doing yoga, man. That's it. You know, and, and you're supposed to have your eyes closed, but I wonder if a lot of people like had their eyes open and their tongues hanging out. And it was like, ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or clutching their chests or something. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I ever drove past something like that. I would. I feel like I would see it and go, oh, it's yoga. I don't yeah. know why I would yeah. jump to, they're all getting killed. <laughs> that person exactly. seems paranoid. It's like a weird place to go, yeah, to assume. Put yeah. them on a list, man. That'll take care Why of it. Why are they, they all died listening to John Tesh. It was horrible. Oh, shit. That'll happen. Yeah. If you want to listen oh, yeah. to John Tesh. Unless it's the NBA, the or NBC Laurel. NBA theme. I like that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's, of all my John that's Tesh That's the songs. John Tesh that's okay to listen yeah, to. Yeah, not the, let's see. That's the one. That's the NBA. What am I thinking of? Yes. Right? Yeah, that's it. I think that's it. I don't know why I know that so well. Weird. <laughs> Final story, and then we'll uh, take a break. Okay. Uh, and I know people are already like, really, more news? I mean, you've already informed us so much today. That's... I know. We feel so informed. Oh, we have more. More to inform you on, people. That's right. 85-year-olds get ready for this story. An 85-year-old Florida man arrested wow. after trying to buy a child in a grocery store for a hundred grand. Wow. Now okay. that headline's a little misleading because the kid's not on the shelf for a hundred grand. It's not like the <laughs> you don't buy Wait a minute, yeah. Sorry, it was a it was a pricing mistake. Uh that's the problem. It, yeah. it was really yeah. So it's it's actually if this was okay, this is an interesting story because I'll, I'll tell you the story, then I have a thought. Helmuth Kolb is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. of Port yeah. Orange, Florida, approached Lauren Benning and her younger daughter at a Winn-Dixie supermarket. Been to those a few times. Sure. Following the two out of the parking lot and offered a large sum of cash to exchange for the child, 100 grand. At first, Benning said she just assumed Cole was lonely. 85, looking, you know, he's my mom's age. Yeah. Pretty old. Yeah. Hey, hey there, hey, what's going got on? a beautiful daughter. I'd like to pay for it. <laughs> um... <laughs> He just he just came up and started making comments about how pretty she was and how good her dancing was and how he could never have children and he wanted one. Uh, her opinion changed, however, when Kolb chased her down in the parking lot and allegedly told her, "Hey, I want to make a deal with you. I'd like to buy her for a hundred grand." All right, now here's my thinking. Yeah, because yeah. this guy's eighty five. For some reason, yes. it just seems goofy and strange. If this was yeah. some thirty eight year old dude, 
Yeah. It's human trafficking. It's a it's horrendous exactly. thing. Way creepier. You know, 85, you can you can maybe say, oh, there might be some dementia going on. It could be just be, you know. Um, he even could have been, you know, sometimes old people, us included. We make <laughs> jokes that are not intended to be taken seriously. And he says, hey, I'll give you $100,000 for your kid. Mm-hmm. But she took it seriously. Like, oh, I'm calling the police on you, old yeah. creepy man. See, that could have happened. You're absolutely right. All of these things are more possible when they're these old farts like this. And it, yeah. it it just got me to thinking, and I've even been I feel a little sensitive to this lately because I read a book, which I'm not going to recommend. You ever read a book or well, it's like a TV or movie or anything. You see it and you're like, it compelled me, and I finished it. But I am not telling anyone else to read that because <laughs> really, oh wow, yeah, okay. it was a book about abduction, and oh, God. you okay. you root for the right people and everything. Like it's not like a, you know, it's not sensationalism or anything. It was just like a thriller type thing, mm-hmm. but. I can't do kids in peril. I just can't do it. And so this, so this, for whatever reason, I saw this and I went, huh, silly old man. Then I went, but if he was 35, we would all hunt him down with pitchforks. You bastard. Oh, for sure. I mean, I look at the picture of the guy and he's, it's not a great picture of him. He looks, (laughs) he looks like he might have some nefarious, uh, a nefarious bone or two in his body. But, uh, so the, the police, when the police got there and they started questioning him about why he wanted to pur- purchase the child, he allegedly responded, we all like kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think there might be some, some mental, uh, mental issues, some, uh, maybe dementia, something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And whether he, even if he, I mean, do you think he even had a hundred grand? Probably not. I don't know. Oh gosh. Well, okay. This gets darker actually. Oh, is there more? Yeah. Uh, Cole was already a registered sex offender and on probation for a similar charge from 2018 when he attempted to purchase a different child. For 200 grand, then. For 200 grand, yeah. He thinks that uh, right. the price of kids is going down. So, okay. All right. Uh, All yeah. right. He's a weirdo. Freaking, I don't care how old you are. Freaking yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Nope. Uh, all right. Well, on that on that lovely note, <laughs> that really I mean, that positive guy is note. getting a click list from now on. He's going to be getting uh, uh, food delivered to his uh, his cell. Yeah. <laughs> his groceries will be delivered to his cell. It says here, as part of his probation, Kolb was forbidden to have contact with minors other than family members. Why ban him from those too? Right? His own family, yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. that's where the worst stuff yeah. happens, man. Yeah. yeah, his intent is to buy children, says the mother. Oh man. All right. Well, now I'm, he's not—he's no longer a kindly old fart who can't remember he, that he paid for it or whatever. Merrick in our chat room says, "I'd be hella mad if you lowballed my kid after offering, offering two hundred thousand five years ago." That is no most, kidding. It's, that is the most Merrick chat thing to say. <laughs> that reminds me of. That yeah. just tells me that's one hundred percent Merrick. That's great. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister will be here with some wisdom. <clears throat> so stick around. Yeah. For that little bomb to drop. Before that, though, musical uh, choice selection thing from Brian. What do you have there? Let's go with a little musical choice selection. Uh, happy fun times. Go. Um, this is, uh, we got another indie pop artist. Um, really like this. This is uh, a woman named Lenka. L-E-N-K-A. And I think we may have played her on the show before. But we haven't played this song. This one, she's uh, joined by Josh Pike uh, for this one. So it's a duet. Is a song called Champion, and it is a brand new single. No word yet on uh, the next Lenka album, but um, 
uh, we're looking, we're keeping an eye out for it. Big thanks to Skip Along Records, uh, Lenka from Australia, by the way. Here is Lenka and Josh Pike with their song Champion. venomous harvester ants from the Arizona desert and I wanted to see what they like better between a banana and a Vienna wiener. You tell me to take a crap on a deck of the Queen Mary, an hour later they're hosing it down with disinfectant.
And we're back. Who was that again from Australia? Sure. That was Lenka and uh, Josh Pike uh, with the song Champion. And it is ahead of her seventh studio album, which is forthcoming Friday, November 17th. So uh, look for that one. In about a month, you can pick up the entire album from Lenka. Wow. Seven studio albums is not a small number of studio albums. No, it is not. I'm impressed. It is not. Yes. All right. Wendy is incoming. Uh, per use, she's showing us offline, but I think that's just because her phone isn't ringing yet. So we'll ring her now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll get her in here. <clears throat> this will be great. I'm going to ask her point blank how long did her kids think Santa was real and see what she says. Oh, yeah. It's a good. Uh, and Yeah. Because she's question. a mental health expert, you know. How old is her youngest? Peter is her youngest. Peter's right? 11, almost 12. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, that's weird. So she, she shouldn't have any kids who still believe in Santa Claus. <laughs> Good point, right. Point. Yeah. And she has one, Elliot, the middle kid, probably yeah. did not like that conversation at all because I that kid's a, the sweetest, kindest soul. Yeah. Uh, sitting him down and going, you know, Elliot, we got to tell you, no Santa Claus, buddy. Probably not going to be a happy camper. Aww. Hey, uh, my sister Wendy's here. I'll explain the situation to Wendy. Don't worry. And uh, she is. Uh, she's always g- great to have here on Therapy Thursdays. Hi, Wendy. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, when okay. was the last time you had kids? Or when? Okay, when your kids stopped thinking Santa was real, did you tell them? Did they find out on their own? Did you have to have a conversation? Did any of that oh. happen in your in your house? Yeah, we had some wild. <laughs> It was a wild adventure. Uh, uh, so I was doing a like a service project thing. Yeah, Abe was probably four, and so people were dropping off presents at our house. So I just had like a couch, a whole room full of toys. Right. Um, and they were all going to be delivered. And Abe had a little buddy named um, Austin. Yeah. And Austin was a turd and was very spoiled. <laughs> and so uh, one day, Abe, he has a tendency to think things through a lot and then sit us down and then tell us what he's figured out. And it's never questions. It's always just like, here's what I figured out. Mm. So he's four and he says, hey, guys, I know Santa's not real. <laughs> yeah. And we said, oh, uh, what? And he goes, well, first of all. Austin is a brat and he gets whatever he wants at Christmas. Oh, and that's an interesting and, deduction. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, and poor kids, because he knew what we were doing with the toys because oh. he was helping. He goes, and Santa doesn't bring toys to poor kids. Yeah. So he can't be real. Man, like, this, that doesn't make sense. To this him. is critical thinking at its finest. No I, kidding. Wow. And I was so scared. I was like, <laughs> uh. Well, pretty, and then yeah, and then it was like that. he already knows there's no reason to you know lie or do whatever. So I, we had a long talk about how this is something you don't tell other children. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah. yeah now we're going to be part of the collective delusion, and you're going to make. And so he didn't. He kept it. <laughs> he kept it private forever. And then hilariously, um, as. Allie, I think, still believes in Santa. She's 21. But um, <laughs> but yeah. that's just cute. Yeah. But then Peter, or sorry, Elliot was, um, I was telling a friend about revealing Santa accidentally to like a neighbor kid or something. Oh, no. Like, oh, I, no. I, I did something stupid. But I was on the phone in Elliot's room, like cleaning up stuff. So he, all of a sudden, he literally walks out of the closet he had hid as I came in. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> he knew I was talking about Santa. And wow. his the look on his face was oh, like. Man. Oh, man. See, that's and the so one I was, I was like, just telling so Brian. Dude, I was just telling Brian, you don't want to tell Elliot of all the kids. Yeah. Of the all one. the kids. And guess what? He was like 10, almost 11. Like he was pretty, like a little older. Oh. And his look of like. No. Yeah. That guys, can't be real. And I was like, crushed. People so don't sorry. even know. He is such a softy, such a sweet. I know. And here he is literally hiding while I'm talking about the little. <laughs> yeah. But now he's playing football for high school. Or and wait, is this sophomore? He's still just like, I need to be tougher. I'm like, oh, buddy, don't change. Anyway. Yeah. And then Peter, I think he just was like. Okay. Like he just kind of found out a kid told him he doesn't care. Yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So why did you guys ruin a child's life? No, we were just talking about how well, I don't know, I may maybe helped Taylor have another fear in her life, but we we were just talking about how, you know, how it's the one universal lie that all parents somehow have agreed to tell. And we just tell it. They found uh, they found uh, his tomb. By the way, that was the the news story that triggered all this. Oh yeah, the impetus Saint Saint Nicholas's remains were supposedly found, and so that's what started it. So he's been dead a long time. Oh yeah. So don't tell any kids, (laughs) but he's dead. He was Uh, dead the whole time. He was dead the entire time. (laughs) Their entire lives, he's been dead. Uh, Wendy, let's get to today's topic. Um, Of course, Wendy, a practicing therapist who helps people with real problems all the time, uh, comes on the show on Thursdays and we talk about uh, some of your problems. Sometimes it's a topic. Today, it's one of those. And um, you mentioned something to me over text that you called moral injury, which I had never heard of and still have. And I decided not to even look it up. Yeah, don't Google it. No one Google it. Yeah, nobody look it up. Just let me talk. Yeah, I want to hear what this is. So we're here for you. What do you What do you want to do with moral? Not mortal. Not mortal injury. Mortal injury. Not molar. Not molar. Not mortar. No mortar. (laughs) And you bite a really hard candy, you get a molar injury. Yeah. (laughs) No, a moral injury. Okay, so it is essentially. uh, I don't know if you've ever like looked at an exhaustive list of how many modern things have uh, developed because of war, or developed because of the you know, like freeze packed food, right? Dry packed food, preser- mm. preservatives, all of that came because of military the needs to have yeah. food. Yeah, exactly. Or satellites, just go look at the history of satellites. It's all about war, yeah. <laughs> right? So a lot of uh, things, unfortunately, get developed because of those um, unfortunate things, right? But this is another example of something that kind of came out of, it's a psychological experience and concept that came out of war, and the military is kind of the first to identify it because it's such an obvious place for it to be. But today, so I'm going to describe what it is, and then um, we're going to apply it to our lives, um, just like the satellite. Now we all use. Yeah, we all we love reason. geolocation. It's like a really useful tool now. Everybody I loves know. it. Yeah, but we also, well, we have it because of the Cold War, and a whole bunch of people died for it, and all that other stuff. I know yeah. it's pretty wild to think about it, yeah. right? Uh, anyway, so I'm going to give you the, a good, nice definition. Moral injury is when one feels they have violated their conscience or moral compass when they take part in witness or fail to prevent an act that disobeys their own moral values or personal principles. Okay. Okay. So you can imagine in the context of war, this is going to happen because you are assigned to this platoon who then is assigned to go take this village and, and civilians are killed in that process or, you know, whatever your moral compass would say you are, maybe forced to take part in things that you wouldn't choose to do otherwise if you were normal, acting normal on your situations. own yeah. conscience. Yeah. yeah and and then knows, also things yeah. fail or 
go wrong. And so there's, yeah, you could have the best of intentions and go, all right, I'm a drone operator, uh, working from the Nevada desert, but my drones are flying over Afghanistan. We have, we were given a target by all accounts that a target should have been three very bad people, but instead we got bad info and we took out a compound of kids or something. Mm -hmm. Would that count as a, as a moral injury for for that person? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. I think I think you have. I mean, we could find a ton of examples when you are being told to do something, and military is like the most obvious version of this, where the control is almost absolute with line of authority. Right. right. Like you are going to do those things, and then if you don't, you are, you know, in huge trouble. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like this isn't mm-hmm. something that you easily can get out of. Um, so, so that's an obvious place where it, it occurs. So most of the research is based in that. It's kind of extended to other things. Um, and I'll get that into that in a minute. But let me, let me just talk about what causes it um, in terms of like risk factors, okay? Okay. And you, so, so this isn't always the case where we can feel like we can feel morally injured. And we'll, we can talk about that, like maybe feeling really um, having something happen at work which is going to be most people's probably experiences with this, but it also extends to like larger organizations, right? Um, systems. And as we know, just as a general, you know, rule, people have less and less, less confidence in organizations and, you know, structures that they used to think were so, I don't know, take the Supreme court, for example, sure. <laughs> like maybe, maybe you thought differently about it than you do now. Something has shifted and that's what a lot of people have experienced. So, Sometimes you can have moral injury around something like that. Anyway, okay. So a couple of the risk factors is you're going to need high, high stake situations, often life or death situations, a lot of pressures to act quickly without time to think, no clear right or wrong choices, failure to prevent serious harm, and things that it, it sort of doing the right thing is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And then doing nothing feels terrible. So you can imagine there's this like mm-hmm. real, a uh, real dilemma, right? And then a person can experience moral injury just from witnessing this thing happen, hearing about this happening, or surviving when others did not. Okay. So it isn't, and this is where, when, you know, our obsession obsession with the news and watching what's happening around the world sometimes, you know, people may describe this. I don't know if you guys have experienced this or to hear people talk about it of just being really really weighed down by something that's happening they have no control over right. it something oh, that's yeah. across the world on the other side of the world and we're right. like oh my god you know what, what what can i do i feel like i need to do something to help and i can't yeah right people, exactly people may and have noticed th- here that, the, oh, yeah. but this is some a higher level of like there has to be something that has occurred that has betrayed what you thought was happening so for example it, it might involve people in power who fail to do the right thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. As as opposed to like, okay, there's, and, and that's where like a tornado somewhere or a hurricane has a different experience than something where it's a man-made disaster. Where it's or, controllable. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Someone in power didn't, did the wrong thing or didn't do the right thing. Were you going to say something, Scott? Uh, I was, I was going to say, um, you know, here on TMS, we have very little reason to do it anyway, but people may have noticed we have not talked at all about the Israeli Hamas stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the Palestinian stuff going on over there. And part of the reason that I've not brought it up at all, or even just made mention of it, is because it is the most volatile internet discussion you could ever have. Like, it's mm-hmm. so... 
it's on fire all the time and um engaging in it feels uh kind of point not pointless but what what the crap can i do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. just having a strong opinion about something well guess what the internet's full of those um and some more extreme than others but but it feels like that's a situation where there's a whole lot of blame for the for for moral failings kind of across Mm -hmm. the board right and everybody wants to ascribe more blame to one than another and then uh, you know then go after each other's necks in a, in a, in a thread about it and, you know, end up hating yeah. each other and never talk again. Um, it just feels like such a dumb cycle to get on and, right. and so pointless because it doesn't mean that the, I can't or Brian can't or anyone else can't be sad about loss of life, sad about continued struggle for something that's been going on for so many years. Like all of these things can still affect you and give you these, these feelings of, quote unquote, moral injury, even if they're just right. glancing blows at this distance. Um, right. But there's so little you can do. It That's almost the most painful part because you can't do nothing. You can't. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Right. I can't do anything. Right. And we have we have a couple of things happening. We have a human need to process trauma that we are either witnessing or, or it's trying to make meaning. Right. And trying to understand. So that very basic human need. Then we add a megaphone into the ether where other people with megaphones are talking back and there isn't enough human connection to have a a relationship. Maybe the math is like, I have no relationship to save with any of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I have to be right or wrong. I think the thing, this is like such an innocent version of this, but it's really, I think it's helpful. It's a telling response that we have as humans. So remember the dress that was either white and gold or brown and (laughs) blue? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. remember, and that those were innocent days. Remember that? Um, <laughs> no, that was back when the when the internet was fun. Yeah, it was green. Silly. It yeah. was that. It was but green needle and all is, that. Yeah. Like if you boil it down to the two responses people had, it is exactly what you're referring to here. And then we'll talk about how it turns into moral injury. But right. it's exactly the thing of when I saw the white and gold dress, and someone next to me also saw the white and gold dress. We just thought everyone else was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And like, that is so dumb and weird. And what is wrong with them? And like, look at us, we're the same. There is a sort of tribal internal response to being understood and then being misunderstood or being, or missing a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else is wrong. And only me and the people who see the white dress are right. And then my brain did that cool thing that it, it happened for a lot of people where it switched and I could see the blue and brown. And I was like, what? Mm. Shut up. It was blue and brown. And now I can like <laughs> look at it and like try and I can get it to go back and forth. I don't know if anyone else is still thinking about the dress like I am, but, um, anyway. <laughs> but I, but it apply, it really shows the two different things that can happen in a person. And one is I, I feel understood by my group. And the other is the other side of this is insane. They mm. are bad. Mm-hmm. And so I think, if we want to talk about the last five years where moral injury is probably why it's being researched even more is because I think it happened at a Thanksgiving table in a way that maybe hadn't happened at least in a long time or something. I don't know if it never happened, but that who do I trust or, or the vaccine was another great example of this. Like we're all in the same boat. Mm. Everyone's got a little different kind of boat. We're on the same storm in different size boats and we are all having our different reaction for medical reasons, for 
our own fear, anxiety reasons, for trust in institutions or not reasons, all that stuff happening. And then we got on our little Facebook megaphones and screamed at each other. And then suddenly the people we thought we understood or trust or, or saw the dress as white and brown or the white and gold, we realized they don't. Mm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that is, that, I'm, I'm jumping ahead to that is my application of what moral injury can look like for most of us who are not in a war zone, right? right, right but right. you can also have this in a workplace. And, and so it'd be interesting if anyone's listening, if they want to jot any things in the chat of some experience that they have where they are, they're resonating with this concept of a moral injury. So I'll give you another quick one from the, the, um, the pandemic era is you take doctors and nurses who are on the front lines of treating this and have are at risk every single day of getting this novel virus and having, you know, being in like my friend's brother who was an ER physician and contracted it very early, like in Vegas, was in Vegas and contracted it really earlier. And he was on a ventilator for four weeks. It was like a super healthy 45 year old marathon runner. And like that he was going to die. That is what they were facing. Right. Um, and they, he got all the new things every time they came out cause they were like trying to save their own doctor. Right. But that idea of like, Whoa. And then what happens is lots of people are not kind to them. Right. And they're also having not enough supplies, right. They don't have enough PPE for themselves to be protected. And so suddenly what happens is, and this, this was an example that I was reading about with moral injury of just wait a minute, this, the systems that are supposed to support us are not, but we're still required to do something against what every fiber of our being is screaming, like, you know, save yourself, but you don't, you're not given the tools to do the, this thing to save others. Right? Right, right. So you can imagine like, all right, that can occur. It's gotta be bigger than just like Jimmy at work, you know, let put fish in the micro microwave. I'm morally injured. So let's be careful that we're not <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> conflating um, this with some fr- right, freaking right, yeah. Jimmy always counted on to cook the fish in the break room. Stinking right. up the whole office. With sure. I know you can feel morally injured, but here, and, and maybe we could have it. This would be a whole another hour of just like, are we all too sensitive to stuff? Mm. Um, and we're finding moral injury every which way. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through what the symptoms are so we can kind of break this down a little more okay. too. What you might be experiencing. Sounds okay. Good. So this is not as simple as like, I'm just mad at everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now you can have some of that for sure. But so the symptoms will include something like on this list, guilt, remorse, shame, outrage, disgust, despair, really common. Um, they, they are coming because of a moral judgment, not, you know, because something is really gross <laughs> or whatever. Right. Um, it, you know, you, a person might be able to push aside some of these feelings to avoid the pain, um, but a person experiencing moral injury may not be able to be emotionally available to others as they were or like seem different or distant, right? So kind of like with the war example, you're like, well, is this P- PTSD? And there is a difference between these two things. But similarly, you've seen a bunch of different things and you have this, this impact. Um, but the moral injury is more based on your judgments of conscience, a little less about you saw something explode in front of you and, and harm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. There's this True. internal experience. Um, and the, obviously the diagnoses are, are different here. Um, but moral injury does not like quite have the same 
Like you can't, you don't treat it like you would treat PTSD. It's going to be a little bit different and you can have both at the same time. Okay. So the other thing, let me go on, on to some other symptoms here. Sure. So relationships get disrupted because they fear others will judge them or isolate from them. Okay. So I'm, I'm in war. I am part of a, an operation that has harmed civilians and, oh, what's that? There's a couple ones that are popping in my head historically, like, because we know about them, right? Yeah. So you could come back from the, I was, I was acting under orders thing. Exactly. Whole, uh, exactly. Yeah. And mm. somebody knows about it because it was in the news, right? Yeah, or you were yeah. part of a thing, you know, I mean, what, and what's so tricky now think about, let's take the current thing happening in Israel. You, there are soldiers, American soldiers, or any soldier from the UN or whoever is going to be part of trying to stabilize the region, going to be a part of things, going to be witnessing things, going to maybe be making mistakes. Um, and so you're, everyone's already got an opinion, if that makes sense, right? Like you're already in this, you're in trouble because you're a part of something. Maybe someone who works for the IRS could relate to something like this, you know, like, um, you know, you're sort of being judged and, and you feel like you might want to isolate um, or, you, or people can experience this. They may no longer trust others or themselves and become really cynical, right? Mm -hmm. Like it kind of ruins innocence, if this makes sense too. Right. Yeah, um, no, it does. And then you're going to treat it with alcohol, drugs, getting emotionally numb, same kind of things. And then maybe really isolating from other social norms, lashing out, um, being incredibly sensitive to those kinds of things. Um, and that can have a big impact on what people decide to do. Um, and, and even sort of suicidal ideation can be uh, connected to that. Okay. Any questions or do you have examples well, was, of this? Or I was, was going to ask you totally if this is a, a fair comparison or not, but it seems like at a very basic level, this is about people um, you use the dress example. So it's sort of reminded me of it, but people being unable to see, each other's perspective the other side mm -hmm. and especially mm -hmm. under crisis so I, I always think about how you're supposed to use the oxygen mask that drop in a plane first and then help the person then next help, your to you. help your kids your yeah. kids or something you know that sort of thing yeah. and you you could imagine a scenario where you would do that and then you would go to let's say it's i don't know a, an old person that you're trying to help and they go I never use those. They're they're pumping gas into that stuff. They're just trying to kill you when they use. Even though the plane's going down, it's complete mayhem. And this old guy's got this old idea in his head. I mean, I'm making this is a straw man. I'm making this up, but sure, <laughs> you are. But uh, <laughs> you sound like uh, Alito. They're trying the to give me the vaccine by making me put on that mask. Exactly. <laughs> but but oh, in this yeah. fake scenario, the I think the principle is there, right? It's this idea of yeah. No, this is a life saving thing what are you talking about? And they're like, no, this is a kill us all thing. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And then there's no, mm -hmm. there's no, what is, what is the middle there? There's no middle. The plane's right. going down or it isn't right. like it's, it's, it's one or the other. And hopefully it, it doesn't go down. And if it doesn't, that guy feels justified and not taking the oxygen. And you're going to be glad that you did it as an extra precaution, but you're still completely divided on the issue, regardless of the outcome. And right. Right. Well, really quick, let me let me make a distinction here. So that is people having very disagreeable worldviews, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe I set that up by talking about the dress because the dress was really more about people's reaction to others. Um, 
And I, yeah, I can see why uh, this is confusing. Whereas moral injury, you have to be a part of the thing that's done mm. something wrong. Mm. You have to, you have to be the person that's uh, that made the the uh, blue and black dress and is trying exactly. to exactly. Come- you're the one who put that on the internet. No, yeah, or you're posting something you later regret because yeah, it caused right. harm, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So you have to be involved some way. So maybe you give money to an organization and then you find out that organization is doing something terrible and you're like. <gasps> Okay, right? Like that losing of trust, losing of um, what you thought was real and okay, or the higher mission of we're doing this thing in the military or a higher mission of here is a physician, I'm doing this thing. And that gets injured in the reality of the messiness of life, right? Right. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. No, I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. You, you, you have to have a part in the... Um... Yes, like if the, uh, I don't know, the, in my bad scenario, it's the drunk captain that's making the ship go down in the first place. You know what I mean? <laughs> he got up that morning down to thing of vodka and said, I'm flying. And he's the reason we're crashing. And he should yeah. have some moral injury for being a part of that. And <laughs> and if I knew it going in, it didn't say anything. I've got a piece of the moral injury. Only right? if Delta told him that he has to drive, uh, fly the plane into the ground and he disagreed with that. That's true. But then, yeah. then uh, yeah, it just moves up the chain, right? Then, then it's just, now, now it's Delta who has to wrestle <laughs> with it. But no, I, I, t- I totally get what you're saying, but I always feel like there's a part of this that is, you, you can't separate that part of it or it's hard to because some people may think that it's completely justified um to do a, a, a huge act of violence. Yeah. They think it's their last resort, right? But uh-huh. then the people you do it to go, well, now we're going to wipe you off the map. And, and, that, and then that to some people will seem as an overcorrection or an overreaction. And it just seems like you can't take that aspect of this out of it. Like you feel the moral injury and you add to the moral injury perhaps with your reactions, but it all yeah. comes down to that again. Either collectively or individually, we're still we're still the people causing the thing. Right. So I don't know how you can take people out of it as, as my, well, well, I I think one way to think about it too, is that we have a lot of psychological um, mechanisms in order to protect us from really feeling the full weight Mm. of our choices. Right. So that's why, I mean, everybody knows someone who's really bad at taking accountability for whatever they've contributed. Right. Sure. sure. And it's incredibly frustrating, but guess what? We all have those same exact mechanism and we all utilize them a little bit, just hard to tell from our own perspective that that's what we're doing. Um, I mean, have you guys ever had the experience where you're like really mad at something and you can tell that this is just displaced anger. You're like, Oh, I'm not really mad. Transferring it. Like I'm really mad at myself, but I'm transferring it to to someone. Or I'm really mad at this other injustice but it's mm-hmm. coming out sideways over here. It's the kick in your dog after having a bad day at work or whatever, sure, right? Like it's sure. it's transferring it somewhere else. And that's a really common challenge we have whenever we have some, because take the, the concept of the moral injury is that you were a part of something that is against your moral compass. And you may, you, you didn't have power to change it. That's mm-hmm. the, maybe the key ingredient That's here. the key is, right, not having right. the... And and you're I following think following orders basically or exactly you're following orders or you're part of the like take an online bullying situation right mm. take these kids who've really maltreated another kid and that kid takes their life or something like can you imagine that that's a moral injury I think we think of moral injury as like we're the 
sole victim of something, but it's more like we're complicit in our own victimness, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we're, and, and this is where when you push away any facts or reality checking that's going to have you look at this, um, you're in deeper and deeper trouble, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so what happens is there are people who just you know, have enough mechanisms click into place and then they just do not take responsibility. So can you guys give me one example Um, A known person who had the power to do something and didn't, and they seem to be just fine. (laughs) Does that make sense? Like, (laughs) I'm doing great. Not suffering, uh, in all appearances, not suffering any moral injury. Exactly. Like, okay, I'll give you the opposite first. Like, Schindler's List is a great example. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of someone who felt the moral injury and then worked tirelessly to try to remedy the harm that yeah, they and even in even in the end they felt like they couldn't quite get it remember that there's right. a whole scene at the end where liam neeson is right. distraught that he didn't save everyone or whatever sell, sell his ring or yeah. whatever that is yeah yeah have you guys seen that video of the guy who it's in britain in like the 80s where they the, he worked tirelessly to rescue all these jewish children and bring them to britain mm, during no. the holocaust and he um he forged paper. He did all sorts of extravagant, like really cool things. And then just went on and lived like a regular life after that. Mm. And his children without him knowing filled an entire auditorium of these kids now as grownups. Oh, wow. And he didn't know. He just thought he was on some talk show and just like in an audience. Yeah. And they, uh, you got to look it up. It's so cool. And they all stand up and these are all the kids he saved. Wow. Right. Like mm-hmm. he didn't tell anybody. <laughs> right. He just went around and did it. And that is somebody who was like, doesn't have a moral injury. Right. Right. Someone who would uh, Schindler would be the example of someone with the moral injury and trying to rectify it. But then there are people that with moral injuries, either it just consumes them, takes over and and we're in trouble from a mental health perspective. Right. Right. And then others who um, seem to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, there are probably some modern examples that will rile people up, so I shouldn't bring those up, but I can think of Give us an old example. I will. (laughs) will. All right, Brian, what do you got? Do you think Strom Thurmond at any point in his life thought, wow, I was really on the wrong side of things? You know what I mean? Probably not. I don't know. That guy seemed pretty comfortable in his nasty skin. I don't know. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I don't know. Brian, do your – what was yours? What are you going to – Josh Hawley on – uh, January 6th when he was helping rile up the crowds and then uh, <laughs> it's like, no, oh, I didn't do anything. Well, you know, I wasn't involved. Gosh, that was certainly a horrible thing, but uh, and, I seem to suffer no. And now let me ask you this. Are, right. are people like him, who I think is a complete turd monkey, yeah. um, so there's Scott's opinion out of the way. Um, <laughs> there it is. If he, how do I put this? He Is it possible he still experienced some moral injury from his his role, uh, and maybe even his denial, like moral injuries can stack, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Did, it, is it just then down to whether you just say, well, oops, that's the breaks, and you just have no moral, you just have no conscience about that, and you just move on? Like, I, I guess, I guess, can you be morally injured and still act like you're not? You can, oh, I'm sure you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like I was saying, the symptoms are just like, Outrage? Mm. Does anyone have an outrage problem in our society? I don't know. Uh, um, and a drinking problem, right? Like none of sure. none yeah. of the numbing behaviors. I mean, and here's the thing: this is not for everyone to be like, "Ooh, where's my moral injury? Let me find it." You, you know, maybe. But let me give you just a couple quick examples of 
recent, we've all been witnessing and lived through, if we're all alive right now and can understand me because you're not a baby, then <laughs> these are the last couple of five years. And you can see not, not everyone is like, got their finger on the trigger and then feels really bad because they had to do something, you know, but they're just part of a system mm -hmm. working in a system. So like your workplace is probably the most common place for this type of thing to happen. So we're going to lay off a bunch of people and then, you know, the CEO gets a bonus mm -hmm. and you're a part of that. You're, you're a middle manager making that happen, letting and people you've go. you still got your job and you just kind of yes. watch. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Even if you lost your job, you're still a, you know, mm -hmm. like there's a piece of the, and that, deconstruction of faith in, I mean, we do weirdly put a lot of faith in employers. I don't know why it's because they, they are the, the beneficiary or the benefactors to give us healthcare. Like we are tied to them in so many ways. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we want to trust them. We, we, we have a natural inclination to want it to be part of the good guys. Like, right. And then when you find out it doesn't matter and you're a number or whatever, that can be incredibly dangerous. The other one, healthcare workers, especially with pandemic has been a, a clear place where that has happened. One in five healthcare workers left their jobs. Mm -hmm. That's astounding, right? Well, why? Well, we can look at sy systemic issues, efficiency, financial benefit, you know, patient, all the crap that went into it. And then what, what really mattered? Mm -hmm. Not the nurses cleaning up the you know, whatever, right. or educators, they can have this very similar thing, how they're being treated by <laughs> flipping parents yeah, and right. not being paid enough. And, you know, all those different things. So you can find it with journalists covering different things going on. The refugee crisis in 2015, think about, you know, some of that, or just how this can happen in the places that you work in various things. So, so anyone can maybe relate to this a little bit. Oh my does that ever happen? Your, your watch listens to you and you get real yes. scared. Happens on this show all the time. We're yeah. all saying something and all of a sudden she'll say, let me find that on the web for you. Yeah. yeah. Or it's like, yeah. I don't understand you. Is what she usually And you never, me. you didn't say any word that sounded like the S word to me. Exactly. That's I hate weird. it. And then when yeah. I say directly like, Hey, what time is it? Nope. Nope. Nothing. You got to really look into its eyes though. Just really. <laughs> you got to really look into its eyes. Okay. And I wonder too, with AI, actually, if this, correlates a little bit with like preemptive moral injury or, or fear of like, think of how once bitten twice shy a little bit. So, so take any of these experiences someone might be experiencing and you wonder why, like I'm moving off the grid. I trust no one, you know, a bit of that, like you can find that it's not really safe um, out here because I was a part of a thing I thought mattered. And then it, I had to act out of my moral framework or I'm being asked to do that. Um, oh, I just realized you, you just, you you prompted my actual example. Um, okay. I am, I am this close. I'm having, okay. Wow. I'm having moral injury right now over what Twitter used to be for me and what it is now. Mm. And uh, what it used to be for me was this great way to communicate with fans and to communicate my work and share, share art and share shows. And, you know, like it's this, communal thing or it was and these days it's not that it's changed very drastically in lots of ways and i think for the worse but but where the moral injury comes from is the stuff the current owner says just flippantly sometimes mm -hmm. is repulsive like morally mm -hmm. repulsive and mm -hmm. he'll say things that i'm just like i'm not even gonna get specific because then i'm gonna get emails but there's stuff like uh, just stuff, bad stuff. 
And I know it's bad and I know it's wrong. And I'm so me being over there, being the product of the damn site, mm-hmm. we all are, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am to the point now where I need to maybe break up, break up and fight that injury a little bit because yeah. part of me is like, well, I still sort of need to be there. And I have, have cut way engagement back over there. And- totally. Yeah, exactly. And That's I've cut where, way yes. back. I've cut way down compared to what I used to do. I also get way less engagement than I used to and all of that. So there are other reasons why maybe this is the time, but the main reason is I feel icky over there. Mm-hmm. I don't There's like how it feels. So I'm this, I swear I'm this close and I've been this close for months, but I'm this close to just saying, yeah, I'm not there anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't try to contact me or you'll just be blowing words in the wind. Find me on Discord or on threads or some some other site. I'm not doing this here anymore. Like I'm that close to doing it because I feel like I'm part of the machine that makes those those kind of horrible worldviews from someone who has enough money to buy anything and ruin anything he wants to. Again, this isn't like I if you love Elon Musk and you hump your freaking car, your electric car every day, happy for you. Do what you got to do. It's fine. But if you actually listen to if you read the stuff that dude says, some yeah. of it is morally yeah. reprehensible. Sorry, it just is. Yeah. And you can pretend it yeah. isn't all you want. So, do I want to support a system where I'm, you know, even though I'm a drop in a bucket, you know, I'm having those feelings. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So let's talk about what treatment actually looks like for this. Um, and let me tell you just a quick story that as you were talking, I was thinking about. So Adam worked for a company once that um, took all of the, oh, I can't remember the whole, I think it was the CFO or some, one of them, uh, took all of the developers and a bunch of the different teams to a strip club and paid for them all to have lap dances. Wow. <laughs> Wow. On company time. Oh, and geez. it was revealed. And Adam was like morally injured. Like, I'm not going to be a part of this. Like, there yeah. should be something that happens like this. He knew, knew a bunch of the people and knew, saw some of the fallout with some of the families. And it's like, listen, people can do that if they want, but they do not do it on a work trip with pressure and paid for by the company. Like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was morally injured mm-hmm. and wrote a big old letter and quit. Yeah. And has had ever since this feeling like it didn't matter at all. It didn't matter at all that I held my end of that, my moral contract with the human race. Like it doesn't matter. They didn't care. Nothing changed, whatever. Like he doesn't know he quit. He doesn't actually know if that impacted anyone. Likely no one read the letter. If they did, they went, wow, whatever. And that was that, right? (laughs) But here's what's, what's interesting is there's a very different response one has when they do finally do the thing um, that makes them like reinstates their their moral code, right? Makes mm. it right. Mm. Do, do does the Schindler list thing, right? Right. And so it's it's not like you quitting X slash Twitter would make any difference, really. But for you, does it right? So when we look at yeah. what what moral injury is, let's be clear about something. I should probably said this at the very beginning. Moral injury is not a mental health disorder. It is not treatment in the same way. Like we're not going to do CBT for this and it's going to take 10 weeks. It's not what that is. That's yes. PTSD can have some of the similar things and that absolutely needs treatment and that can be diagnosed. This is different. Um, It is a normal response of 
either profound suffering to devastating and harmful conditions or systems. It, it doesn't even have to be profound. It can be a, you know, there's, there's a, there's grades to this, but often it's more profound. It affects the whole person, right? It's going to be, you don't feel good in your gut. You're, you're thinking about it, right? It can be spirit, mind, psyche, all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so something that's that complex as a moral injury, um, it needs to be processed, right? So starts with accepting what's happened mm -hmm. and then processing what's painful about this, ma managing and working through the shame, the guilt, the outrage, the sorrow, the disgust, the despair, whatever else there may be. Um, and then a commitment to doing something different, right? You think of post-war, what have many people gone on to do to try to prevent mm. future harm? or improve a system, right? Take anyone who's tried to improve a system mm. that probably started with a moral injury, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, it can be done with a therapist. It can be done with family and friends, right? Like, but, but actually going through and getting help, you know, working through what this injury was, it, it's kind of like leaving it as a scar or as a wound or something, right? It's just treating the wound. And sometimes it might be action. So, so Scott, let's say you just, stop mm. okay is that enough yeah i don't know see that's that's the question I, I know these are not comparable situations but in schindler's case he had some power to do some things yeah uh -huh. right he had the power to do some things but also i guess an individual guard at a uh at one of the death camps uh -huh. also had uh, I, i'll just again straw man but maybe there was a time where a where a guard saw a little kid and just felt in his heart this is all wrong why are we doing this and let that kid run let him escape Right. Did that solve his moral injury? Did it help chip it away? Is that all the power that guy had? Could he have done more? Right. Like those are those are all the questions. And in the case in case of the Twitter thing, I mean, this is it's flimsy compared to those kinds of examples. But but you know, what power do I have? Well, I could leave, and then a few people might hear me say that and go, "Yeah, you know what? I think Scott's got it right. I'm going to leave too." And then other people will double down, so I'm never leaving. Scott's wrong or whatever. Um, right. I don't feel like I have any power to do. To, to make any change over there, no matter what you post or what you say or what you do, no matter what your follower count is. I mean, I suppose Taylor Swift can have an impact, right? She's huge. Yeah, she she can make, she can, she can, what, what was it? Like 4,000 people registered to vote based on one tweet or one oh, post really? or something. Mm -hmm. Like she's yeah. got real power and power. Have you guys heard of the NFL? I mean, she's yeah. put it on the map. Yeah. She kind of, yeah, uh, the NFL is just, if, if they ever break She's up. She's 100% buying the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, 100%. <laughs> I love, I saw a tweet that was like, Taylor is so nice. She lets all these teams use her stadiums while she's not using them. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's awesome. But, you know, the whole with great power comes great responsibility thing. You yeah. hope you do the right thing in the right situation. But, um, you know, the people that, the, I admire people who make a change based on their moral injury that only they'll know, ever know about. Like your guy, your, your example of the British dude helping all those kids out. He expected no notoriety for that. No. that I don't know of a more, a thing I respect more than that. A more noble, yeah. Because exactly. nobody, not ever, most people do stuff because they want to be noticed for it, whether it's in their own family unit or it's the neighbors yeah. or the Joneses up the road or the internet or whatever it ends up being. They're, they need to have the audience to, to feel, I don't know, to, to verify it or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I really admire it when people don't do that. What I should do is just go, yeah, I'm done using Twitter and not tell anyone and just not do it. Like not even tell you guys. 
I've already done mm-hmm. that, but you know what I mean? Like that, there's, there's, <laughs> there's something in that that I think is, um, yeah. we, we bring up dad a lot, but dad did that all the time. He was always doing all stuff that nobody knew he was doing that was like solving this guy's problems and giving this guy a car cause he couldn't get one or saving that guy's life who was OD'd. Like he didn't talk to anyone, didn't tell anyone. I only knew through like fourth hand. Like yeah, or his funeral. Was when, like, or his funeral. And most of, we, most of that we learned, <clears> right. <throat> and I really admire that. And hell, I'm genetically, I'm half my dad anyway. So yeah, why, why so can't I do that more? Mom's half got some strength. No, uh, yeah, I think I think you have, we're hitting on something that's interesting. It's it's like, I mean, I can speak to what I, I think I believe I knew about dad. And that was that he couldn't live with this, with the discord ever. Yeah. Like, it had to be, I remember him apologizing once to me about not helping someone because he was scared. I was physically in danger because I was with him Yeah. and, but feeling terrible that he didn't help them. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't think he had a choice in some ways. Like he just mm-hmm. felt mm-hmm. it so keenly. And I think most of us, we have a lot of motivation to keep doing what's benefiting us, right? And so that's what's tricky when maybe you belong to an organization that you find find out is harmful. Yeah. And yet you get so much out of it. That is a tricky moral injury to manage. And so a lot of people will deny it, shove it down, not not want to look at it. And it because it means things will change. It means you'll stop using Twitter or it'll mean you stop, you know, spending time with a group of people that, you know, and this is tricky because this is this kind of Bounce or sidles up to cancel culture in the concept mm. of like, I cannot abide this person who has done these horrible right. things getting my money, mm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the truth is, no one ever gets r- truly canceled. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just that idea of like, where is my moral? And, and everyone's a little different, like going back to the Santa Claus thing. I mean, Abe's take on Santa Claus was a moral dissertation. Like it is amoral for a man who's supposed to be doing Santa's work to do give Austin presents and to to neglect the poor. That's not mm. Santa. So he just put it together real quick. And there are 50-year-olds who are still working on that. You mm-hmm. know, like we're all in different some people are just born with a stronger sense of it, and then others, you know, maybe not not so much. And then how do we define it? I guess this is now a philosophy class. <laughs> it is. Welcome to Philosophy Thursday. Thank you. Wendy should not be talking about any of these things. Yeah. Goodbye. We call it, it's PT. <laughs> we call it Philosophy Thursdays with Wendy. And uh, uh, Wendy wished she was a philosophy. How do you know we're even not. real? That'll be next week. Here. <laughs> um, I mean, no, I think this is Someone send us good. an email or this is going to be more of this. You guys. I'm really glad. You know what's funny? Today, it's, it feels almost magical. But uh, the fact that we brought up this Santa thing, totally unrelated. It was a, a, a non sequitur at the top of, the, of our conversation. Yeah. But that lesson in Abe's realization is the most powerful thing of today. Like, that's a really, really cool, and I'm not just blowing smoke your direction or think your kids are, because they are amazing, but that's not the point. Forget it's Abe. Just imagine it being anybody else. That is, that is the most moral take I've heard on the Santa Claus lie ever mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's a it's kind it's tied to this topic and we didn't I didn't expect it to be but it's tied to this topic. Like yeah. what a you know no <laughs> this idea that a kid that young says 
this is a Santa, like, like that, that dichotomy is around <laughs> us all the time. It is. That, and it's, but and it it's, also, can I throw this in? It also means that whatever essence of Santa was available to him to understand. Yeah. That and I, I think that's in all of us that there's like an ideal or there is a a level that maybe we wish we had or we know someone who has it that is is just higher than the rest of us or something. And and that's what we projected onto Santa. And my kid got that first and then saw the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. No, it's a, I don't know. But I found that that's maybe the, it's, even though I, we have said a lot of really important things since then, the Santa thing's going to stick with me <laughs> yeah. for a long time. There's your Santa lesson. Uh, well, right. there you go, then, everybody. If you have thoughts or feelings or questions, whatever, send them in. We'd love to know your take on this yeah. and maybe your your examples of personal stuff where you felt more Because I have like three more of these really obscure psychological principles we've never talked about that I'm just going to keep doing if you people don't send me an email. Yeah, we need emails. Next one, <laughs> That's exactly right. next one's right. real deep and is going to make everyone oh, gosh. cry. So. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> Quick, get emails in. Make Quick, something send up. me a funny email. Yeah, whatever you want. Whatever you can do to help us out, that'd be great. Um, Wendy, I, I know I've heard from a few people who are all lined up and ready to rock for uh, the next season, I guess. You could call it a season of realhelp.org. Uh-huh. And uh, they're very excited. I was talking to um, my friend Joe yesterday, and he was like, we signed up for it. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Yay. So, know, so uh, remind people, uh, still slots and things or what? Can people yep, still get plenty them? of slots. Realsteps.org. We start. The, the deadline is... The midnight before, uh, first day we meet on is Monday. So we have a live meeting every Monday. Yep. It's at noon central time. If that works for you to be at, if you're not there, you, there's a recording right after you can watch it later. Um, and that's the day it starts. So it starts Monday, November 6th. Yeah. That's a Monday, right? That's November a, 6th. Is that a Monday? Yeah, it is a Monday, according to yeah, my calendar. it is. And then it goes through, uh, our last meeting is December 4th. So it's that the whole month of November. Um, it's awesome. So yep. be be smart and sign up. Yep. And <laughs> I really should work on advertising. I'm not very good at that. But it's a lot of fun. Be smart. And Be smart. Us. Yeah. Your marketing, whatever, your marketing budget's lower than, than my your... marketing budget's zero. And it's currently, <laughs> it's me working for you for 12 years free. That's yeah. what this is. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, go check it out. That's realsteps.org, everybody. Wendy, yeah. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you. You too. Bye. See you. Bye. Well, that sounded like me. You too. Bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At least we got a buy. Yeah. Know. That's a Johnson thing. I'm telling you. you. Everyone thinks it's just me, but we all do yeah. it. I don't know where we got it, where we picked it up, but our hangups are renowned. Uh, Brian, speaking of renown, there are some renowned podcasts coming up today. Noon. Yes. Cover, noon Coverville. Coverville. Yeah. Yes. Forget about this 1 p.m. bullshit. Noon. That's a little over an hour, folks. You've got one hour to uh, prepare for uh, covers of and by Ultravox and Thomas Dolby. Yep. Coverville over on Twitch, you guys. Check it out. That'll be live. And uh, Core tonight at 5 p.m. right here at frogpants.tv if you want to uh, get our takes on Riccatello leaving Unity, which is the best thing ever for that mm. company. He's a worst CEO in a long time. He needs to get out of oh, there. Oh, gosh. Really? Oh, yeah. Bad. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the games we played this week and, of course, uh, all the news that is worth talking about in gaming. So check it out. That's uh, frogpants.com slash core for the podcast, or you can watch live tonight at 5 p.m. here at frogpants.tv. We got a film sack on Sunday where we are watching Haunt the Haunting. Haunting. The right. Haunting with uh, Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and for some reason, Owen Wilson. Yeah, I, keep, I think I got spoiled on Owen Wilson maybe isn't long for the world in that movie. 
Someone said yeah, he dies well, early. So. Oh no! Well, yeah. Now you just spoiled it for me. I guess now we're all spoiled. <laughs> uh, the, and not to be confused with like the 1960s or 50s, whatever right. yes, original. This is a newer one. I don't know the year on it, but. Two uh, mid 2000 yeah. somewhere. Yep. Um, anyway, we're watching that. That'll be this weekend. That's on HBO Max. Check out Film Sack. It'll be actually on Sunday. Dunaway's got some stuff on Saturdays right. this month, so that's why our, our, we have our Sunday schedule, which is all up on the calendar you guys can see on the site. Um, and I don't <laughs> left, know... Left Hand Heathen says you should watch the older one. Much uh, much better. You, do you know why we do Film Sack, Left Hand uh, Heathen? Maybe we, he we means... We don't just, watch it because we want to see the better one. Maybe he just means in addition, like we could learn why the old one's yes, better or something. Yes, maybe. Maybe that's maybe. it, yes. I don't know if I have the gusto for that. We'd have to see. <laughs> We've done that before, though. What did we do that Oh, with? for sure. The Fly was our first one. Oh, the Fly! The of the Fly. Yeah. See, and that one worked great because both those movies are sackable on their own. Yes. Uh, but also made a nice twofer. So anyway, that is Sunday. Uh, tomorrow is a little unknown for me. We've got the funeral in the afternoon, and I don't know yeah. about... I don't know what the day looks like. So couch party and stuff kind of on hold at the moment if it can work out i'd really like to do it so i'll let uh brian and i will let everybody know if it happens but he and i'll talk offline and figure out what that's going to be but tomorrow's the funeral things really loosen up after the funeral um people will go home yeah. get some closure on this thing things can get back to normal and yeah. yeah as much as they can i suppose anyway that's uh what's coming up uh reminder that patreon.com slash tms needs your help that's right i'm monthly contribution of even just as low as a dollar will get you in and get you access to most of our uh, our regular benefits. There's some higher up stuff too. You want to check those out. No yeah. matter what, get in there. Patreon.com slash TMS. That would be what you'd want to do today. It's going to do it for us. Brian, we should get out of here. We got a song though, right? We do have a song. Yes. Uh, Mr. Postman. Uh, this is the guy who's uh, Cliff Clavin's postman. Uh, oh, right. The, the guy who actually delivers mail to John Ratzenberger. Mm-hmm. He says, Hey guys, my fiance are getting married on Friday, October 13th. That's tomorrow, folks. Woo. And I couldn't be more excited. Since there's no show on Friday, we'd like to request this for Thursday the 12th. When we, we first uh, when we first started dating, I made Never Gonna Give You Up my ringtone for her as a gag. What started as a silly, playful annoyance became something sentimental and cute, and I'm not allowed to change her ringtone. To celebrate our marriage, I'd like to have a crazy, zany, wacky cover of this song. The weirdest one the cover master himself can find. Thanks, fellas. Never going to give the show up, though. Signed, Mr. Postman. Oh, very nice. By, by the way, I got a clip for people getting married. Let's play that real quick. Oh, uh, let's hear it. Um, is this it? She did not marry your penis. Oh, Oh, well, it's that, true. That so, didn't say so, the word penis in the line. I'm, I apologize. How about this one? So... A phenomenon that had to happen when the TV set married the computer. There you go. That'll work. There we go. There you go. Bobby, I think just mute the whole episode for the kids this, this week. <laughs> think, yeah, uh, sorry, Bobby. You know, keep them from uh, learning the truth about their beloved uh, their beloved uh, characters, Christmas characters. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and uh, what and not to marry stuff. and all that. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> let's uh, let's get to Never Gonna Give You Up. Of course, that song we love by Rick Astley used so much for Rick Rolls. Um, I'm going to go back to a weird skiffle version. I love this version. This is kind of a swing, uh, swing skiffle version from 2010 by a group called The Lost Fingers. Um, this was kind of, uh, God, what do I compare this to? I don't think anything. I think this this thing is kind of in a class by itself. And I, just, I love this whole album. Uh, the album is called Gypsy Chameleon, and it's all uh, great covers done in this style by this band. Here are the Lost Fingers and Never Gonna Give You Up. 
know the rules and so do I A full commitment's what I'm thinking of You wouldn't get this from any other guy I just wanna tell you how I'm feeling I gotta make you understand Never gonna give you up Never gonna let you down Never gonna run around and desert you Never gonna make you cry Never gonna say goodbye Never gonna tell a lie And hurt you We've known each other for so long Your heart's been aching but Inside we both know what's been going on We know the game and we're gonna play it And if you ask me how I'm feeling Don't tell me you're too blind to see Never gonna give you up Never gonna let you down Never gonna run around and desert you Never gonna make you cry Never gonna say goodbye Never gonna tell a lie And hurt you Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.